Hi, I'm Dan Krinas, host of the Leader of Learning podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. Oh, before we go any further, make sure you listen to the very end because you have a chance to win a Tony box and you'll find out what that is soon. Well, today I'm talking with Drew Vernon, who is the U.S. marketing lead at Tony's, an audio system that uses screen-free storytelling to introduce children to the wonders of imagination. This is an awesome talk. Great thoughts about innovation, creating limits on screen time, and child development. Wait till you find out about the Tony box. It's so cool. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Enjoy. Hey, Teaching Learning Leading K-12 has a sponsor. Boone's Titanium Rings. You can find them at www.boonerings.com. And I can't say enough about their rings because I actually am a customer and I wear one. Uh, That's right. My wedding band uh, that I'd had over 34 years had uh, developed some issues over the years where it had to keep fixing it around the um, the underside of the ring uh, because it kept breaking. And eventually a chunk broke off and I couldn't fix it any longer. So um, went to uh, Boone's Rings and uh, I uh, chose out a uh, personalized laser engraved ring that uh, has these real cool pistons and stars on it. And uh, there's all kinds of styles that you can use, but that's the ring that I have. And I don't think this one's ever going to (laughs) break. So, uh, which is good stuff. Now they got lots of choices you can choose from and uh, everything from colorful rings to the laser engraved you've got different choices of uh, inlays like these different plastics and uh, meteorite and which is really cool by the way the meteorite one just i think is awesome and then you have these other types of uh, materials they use like wood also um as well as they make other uh not just rings they also make an assortment of earrings and uh um, little tools and uh and different items like that but um it'd be really cool if you went and uh, checked them out at uh, boonrings.com and uh, just a note i have an affiliate relationship with them and uh, if you purchase one of their products while using my my code which is all caps t l l k and then the number 12 when you go to check out you'll get 10% off and Teaching Learning Leading K-12 will earn a commission. So uh, check them out. You need to look at some rings, don't you? I love mine. I think you'll love yours. You are listening to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Drew Vernon is the U.S. marketing lead at Tony's. The Tony Box is a popular audio system that uses screen-free storytelling to introduce children to the wonders of imagination. Tony's originally launched in Germany in 2016 and is currently one of the fastest-growing toy brands in Europe. As the U.S. marketing lead at Tony's, Drew is looking to partner with schools and museums to bring screen-free education to children. Previously, Drew was the brand manager for the Lego Group. He created Prescription for Play, building an unpaid network of over 2,000 pediatricians to reach half a million children with their first Lego experience. In addition, he secured funding from top Lego leadership who selected the program to be a main social responsibility initiative for the company. He also worked with marketing research at P&G and brand marketing at KO. Additionally, 
He founded and owned Moppets Drop-In Child Care, which was Greater Hartford's first state licensed pay-by-the-hour child care center, which you got to tell me a little bit about that, Drew. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and in June of 2020, Drew was named eight to watch under 40 by the Wisconsin School of Business. Drew describes himself as a disruptive innovation marketer with experience in beauty CPG, which is consumer packaged goods, toy and early childhood development. Drew, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, Steve. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, it's great having you. And uh, you got, boy, you got a lot of stuff. And I got to tell you this, I, you know, you can't be more than 20 years old, man. What? <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I recently shaved, so I look a little bit younger, but uh, I'll take that as a compliment. That's meant to be a compliment, okay? I'm like, I'm like wow, you've done a lot. And I'm like, how, how old is he? <laughs> so kudos on all that neat stuff that you've done. It, you know, and before we start talking about Tony's, let's talk about you. What got you interested in marketing? Uh, yeah, so... Basically, from the time that I was in high school, I really had two loves uh, in terms of academics, and that was business and psychology. I took uh, a lot of different business courses. I learned how markets work and how to bring products to market, at least in theory, and then matching that up with psychology and exploring the human mind and the reason why people do things. And I found marketing to be really the marriage of both, where uh, you really have to understand a consumer, what they want, what they need, and how to bring something that doesn't exist into existence. And that's cool. <laughs> that would, I think that's, that would make for some awesome uh, classes as well as hands-on experience there. So <laughs> good stuff. The, uh, let's continue with a little more about you. Uh, prior to arriving at Tony's, you were the brand ma manager for the Lego group where he created Prescription for Play. Could you talk a little bit more about this, th this pursuit? Sure thing. Uh, yeah, so I spent a few years over at Lego in the preschool division, and one of my main brands was Lego Duplo, which is the larger bricks for the younger kids. And Prescription for Play was really, uh, it started out as a marketing campaign that really turned into more of an early childhood development and um, education uh, initiative. So I was trying to understand how to get in front of parents of young toddlers and knowing that Duplo had a very narrow age range of 13 to eight, uh, excuse me, uh, 18 to 36 months. I wanted to reach them with a Lego message right at that 18 month mark. So I, I knew that every parent takes their kid in for a wellness checkup at that 18 month milestone. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could partner with doctors across the country to provide kids with their first Lego experience? So I, uh, I exhibited at the American Academy, Academy of Pediatricians Conference and I created a program called Prescription for Play, which was a program uh, really uh, encouraging parents to play with their kids for at least 15 minutes a day. And we developed a little card to go along with the product sample and I went down to this conference thinking that I would sign up maybe 200 doctors or so. Uh, well, it was a, an instant success. And I came away from the conference with a list of over 2000 doctors uh, who wanted to be part of the program. Um, so it was, it was a great program. We introduced Lego, but more importantly, play uh, to half a million kids. And uh, it really made a big impact. That's awesome. That's so cool. And you know, what a neat thing. I can imagine the uh, nice, pleasant surprise when you're counting up the numbers going, Dude, man, we got, we got some serious doctors going on here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't meant to start out as, as big as it, it grew to, but uh, the reason why I was so successful is because it was a win for all parties. So we were dialing into something that pediatricians were already doing, which is promoting play, giving a fun product sample to, 
to the kids, so that made their day. And then parents uh, welcomed the reminder to sit down and play with their kids, and so they enjoyed the program as well. So cool! I, I love that. That's such a neat, uh, such a neat pursuit that you guys had. The uh, uh, so one of the things I've heard you talk about, um, Drew, is innovation, and and you've actually. I heard you say this, it is critical to solving our problems in our lives. What do you mean when you use the term innovation? And I want to talk about this a little bit, because I think this is really cool. And it seems to be a big part of who you are. Um, why do you think that innovation is often resi resisted also? So if we could talk about what you, you know, what you mean by innovation, and then why you think it gets resisted. Sure. Uh, so I talked a little bit about my marketing background. Uh, pretty quickly after uh, school, I fell into innovation, and it was really just happenstance, but it's since become a, a core um, to me as a person and as a marketer. I think when we talk about innovation, often we think of uh, what's the new gadget, or you know, you think of the Jetsons and flying cars, but to me, innovation means something else. It's literally the, the, the definition of problem solving because innovation is doing something better than you used to do it. So it just means getting better at something. And I think with all of the problems that we have in the world, uh, we need innovation because we need to learn how to do things better. Very cool. So, so why do you think it gets resisted? Why, why do you think just people push back? Yeah, um, you know, this is really interesting. This is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. I think. Uh, we resist innovation because it's uncomfortable. You know, we talk about disruption and, you know, in the business world, we talk about disruption as this great thing. But if you think about disruption, disruption is essentially discomfort. We're yanking people out of their routines. We're yanking people out of their habits and people don't like that. And so whenever you're trying to do something new or better in the world, you're going to make people uncomfortable. And I think it's important for us to understand that, to anticipate what the hurdles and obstacles are, are going to be and prepare people before they run into it to learn to expect that this is being done a different way and can be done better. And that's what helps us get through the resistance. Very cool. The, uh, you know, and so let's take this another step, you know, why do you think that learning about innovation is important to child development? I mean, why should we spend some time kind of getting kids to understand this? Sure. Uh, I think it, it starts with us understanding the process better. I mentioned, you know, uh, anticipating the, the obstacles and the resistance. If we know the creative process from conceptualization through to qualification and brainstorming iteration into application, the better we can do that and the better we can teach our kids that process, the faster we'll get and the better things we'll get in a more accelerated way. So I'm all about knowing and understanding what the process is so that we can accelerate the innovation. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I, I just, I think it's a, a awesome focus that you have there. And this is, uh, you know, this is something that obviously it's, it's part of what you do in, uh, in working with these companies. And so you're taking it a step beyond that, which is awesome. I, li I like that a lot. So, uh, so Drew, I, since we're talking about innovation, you have a new podcast that's uh, really very new, but it's, it's right, you know, it's all about innovation. You want to give it a shout out here? Uh, yes, I, I, I just recorded the first couple of episodes. It's kind of a, a hobby of mine. Uh, it's a podcast called The Pursuit of Up, which basically just discusses the idea of problem solving and innovation in the context of things not being political necessarily, right and left, but everyone with the common goal of moving up. So I talk about how we move up in order to better society. 
Love it. Love it. And I've listened. It's good stuff. And it's right along the lines. You're going to hear more about Drew's understanding about uh, his thoughts about innovation, which is really cool. So good stuff. Uh, So let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, How do you think we can improve early education teaching? I mean, what do you think needs to be done there? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, and uh, I should start off by saying I'm, I'm not an expert. I, I've been kind of in the private sector doing this, um, mainly from a business side of things, but in my observations, uh, I think, and, and I should also mention, uh, I, I've got some cred as, as a father of three as well, so um, I Good think stuff. one of the first things is really just to stop telling children no so much and stop telling them the way things are and need to be. I think we need to give our kids uh, and our children more autonomy to create the world that they want to have. And that's not to say that they are gonna run free and not have any rules. It's important to teach rules and it's important to teach instructions. But once we get that down and that can be done at a very early age, I think we should pull back on the structure and remove a piece of the puzzle gradually. So instead of giving them instructions, here's the test, study for it, we give them guidelines and creative prompts. And once we can do that, that's what's going to unlock their imagination, their creativity. It's going to give them the confidence to uh, think that they can change and make the world a better place. I love that. That's cool. Cause that's, you know, that's all about trying to figure out, uh, you know, if you're, uh, your imagination is telling you you're out in space somewhere, you're designing your spaceship out of a box or whatever it is. And, or if you're, uh, you know, digging through the earth, trying to find the, the dinosaurs that are down there in the middle of the earth. Cause you see, you got a thought that there's a, it connects right. or whatever, you know, just right. using that imagination and building and creating good stuff. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I just like that a lot. I mean, I think if we tell every, you know, if you try and structure everything, it's just going to be rough. Right? Sure. So good stuff. Hey, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, I'd like to use this kind of stepping towards, you know, we're getting closer to talking about Tony's and, you know, how do you think that we can better support our kids? You know, they're learning during this pandemic. Yeah, I think I see a continuum of the structure that I just talked about with instruct with rule following and structure. And then on the other side of that, we have a blank canvas, you know, tell your kids to go play. Well, what do they do? They go poke around. They might, you know, play for, couple minutes and then they're either poking each other or they're coming back to you. We need to find something in the middle and I call it the guided masterpiece because it's really a combination of here's the instructions. You know, you have uh, a Lego set that has step by step. This is how you make a spaceship. Well, that's good and fine. You also have a bucket of bricks to say, you know, go crazy and build whatever you want. What we should do as parents and as educators is to give those creative prompts to say, make me something that you know has four eyes and a jagged tail you know in the case of drawing something so let's give our kids a prompt or a mission to go out and do something specific and let them work within those parameters to achieve uh, a creative mission i love that i love it that's uh you know it's one of those things where it's it's you know i just think the the idea that we get too focused on prescription you know, it's got to be written out. It's got to be, everything's got to be told to you about this is how you do it. And so then people always like to look at you and go, so how do I do this? Instead of the other way of, oh, just let me run with it. Right. And we need to be okay with our kids getting stuck. You know, (laughs) if our kids don't know what the next step is, 
we shouldn't jump in to save them every time. Of course, we're going to keep them safe. We're going to keep them from, you know, bonking their heads and, and all of that stuff. But creatively, we need to let them struggle. We need to let them mull on something in order to get to that next step. And that's going to help them in the long run. Love it. I, I think that's right on the money. So good stuff. I, and now, you know, I got to use this to segue this place. So talk a little bit about limiting screen time. Yeah, uh, I think that's top of mind for a lot of us in a post-COVID world. I think pre-COVID, a lot of parents had a general guideline of about an hour a day of screen time. You know, that um, varies a little bit, but those uh, restrictions that we used to have on our kids have gone out the window and parents don't have that screen guilt anymore because we're working from home, we're dealing with inconsistent schooling with homeschool and remote learning. And so I think we're using screens as a crutch uh, and I'm guilty of it myself. Uh, I'm not here to say that there's not a time and a place for screens. I believe that there is. But the reason why limiting screen time is so important to me is because when you remove a screen, you're removing one of the elements of stimulus to a child and you're putting that creative burden onto them. So when you're telling them a story, instead of giving them a passive experience of saying, this is exactly how it is and how it comes to life, we make them into a more active participant into a story and we put that creative burden on their mind and their imagination so that they need to decide for themselves what the things that they're hearing mean for them and how to visualize them in their own minds. And that's really the imagination building that screen free can provide. I love that. That's, you know, it's because it is, it's one of those things where then if you tell them how to do everything, if you say it's got to be done this way, and then if you show them exactly what it looks like, then all the imagination's out the window. Yeah. It's, and uh, it's, it's not uh, really <laughs> kicking it all in high gear like it could be. I, I think that's uh, besides the fact that after a while, there's something uh, along the lines of screen fatigue, I would think that uh, <laughs> might be kicking in there someplace. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know the research uh, in detail uh, of looking at screens too much, but I can tell you that, you know, my kids act differently when they've been uh, in front of a screen too long. It affects their behavior. It reduces their attention span. And so we need to be mindful of those things as parents and as educators and provide to them other tools uh, and resources that take them away from screens. All I know is that right now, um, I've, you know, the, the number of meetings I've had with uh, lots of people in little bitty boxes, after a while, when you go hour upon hour of those types of meetings, I, you know, it's like, can I go outside just for a little bit? <laughs> All right, I'll be back. Yeah, okay. screen fatigue is real. <laughs> yes, very much so. All right, so, so let's talk about Tony's. What is it? Where did it come from? Yeah, Tony's uh, is a company that started over in Europe. So it was founded by a couple of dads in Germany uh, and came to market in 2016. And the founders actually met on the board of a preschool together. And one thing that they noticed was that their children's teacher was still using CD players uh, to play different you know, nursery songs or stories. And they thought, gosh, CDs have been around for 25, 30 years. The technology hasn't updated. Uh, they're kind of uh, out of date. And it's something that the kids can't use on their own. It requires adult supervision. So they set out to create something that was intuitive by design, such that a child as young as three could operate independently on their own. So what they did is they created uh, the Tony Box, which is a digital speaker system for kids that's paired with figures called Tonys. And each Tony has uh, an RFID chip inside as well as a magnet so that when you place it on the box, it will stick on the box 
and it will immediately begin to play the content that it's programmed to play. Um, the functionality, since it is screen free, is all tactile. So to select a track or to skip tracks, you give it a good whack on either side of the box. And this is actually part of the play experience because kids love to be tough on things. They love to rough things around. They give it a good whack and it selects uh, the track. Uh, it's also squeezable. It's got a layer of foam around it. So the child is not going to break it. They can roll it down the stairs. They can knock it off a table and it's squishy enough so that, you know, they're not going to bonk their head on it and get injured. So from front to finish, from both a, uh, a usage perspective as well as safety, it's really designed for kids. Very cool. And by the way, I'd love the, the, the fact that they can, they, they hit it one way and it, uh, does it, uh, cause it to go forward or move fast forward? I, and one, the other way it stops it. I forget which way, which way is which, but I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it does have a fast forward and rewind by tilting it. So it's just a lot of fun for kids to get their hands on the figures and to interact with the, with the system. Very cool. And, and just as a note, these, these figures are lots of different. You've got lots of different um, licensed people. Like a second ago, you know, my uh, audio l listeners are going to, wouldn't be able to see it, but uh, Drew was holding up Lightning McQueen there. So, uh, can I... yeah, uh, well, I should mention there's two types of Tonys. So the first kind is called the content Tony. Uh, those are the ones that are pre-programmed to play different songs and stories. So we have Lightning McQueen, we have Elsa, we have a lot of Disney favorites, and we also have some of our own characters as well. We've got uh, a lullaby kitten that plays, you know, bedtime stories uh, and bedtime songs. Um, so those are the content Tonys. We also have Tonys called creative Tonys that don't come preloaded with any information. They come empty and customizable with up to 90 minutes of your own content. So this is a, a great tool for kids. I mentioned the creative prompt. You know, you tell your kids uh, to go play, they'll come back and two or three minutes bored. I told my kids to go write a, a four verse song about worms and they went off into the corner and spent 45 minutes writing a poem which we then recorded onto the Creative Tony. Um, so there's that and also grandparents and loved ones can use these to record personalized messages or favorite bedtime stories from anywhere in the country and uh, send it uh, through the cloud to the Tony figure wherever it is uh, with the child. So these are, are really great tools for kids both on the content side as well as the creativity side to, to create their own content. I love that part about the, the grandparents. I, when I was looking at that sort of stuff, it's, it's pretty cool. The idea that uh, the grandparent or, uh, or the parent who's off wherever because of business could actually do a bedtime story through the creative Tony. I think that, that, that's such a, what a cool idea. Yeah, the, the possibilities are really endless. So one of the things that I've learned as a marketer is that uh, a brand shouldn't always tell its users and consumers how to use the product. I'm here to give a few ideas, but we're really seeing a lot of unique and creative ideas coming from the community. So people are making treasure hunts where each clue leads to another creative Tony. Um, people are doing pen pal programs to stay in touch with kids from across the country. Uh, uh, military families are finding this as a good way to stay connected when uh, one of the parents is deployed. So the possibilities are really endless for the creative Tonys. That's so cool. Does it, does the creative Tony work kind of through it? Um, the other person have an app they download or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's an app um, and you would just add that member to your household by sending them an email invitation. And then it's just a, a recording function where you tap uh, to record and then you save it to upload to the Tony figure. 
Very cool. Very cool. You know, I was going to ask you what's unique about uh, the Tonys, but I, we're really hitting that <laughs> right here. This is cool stuff. The, uh, you know, what do you think makes kids really like it? You know, I think it has like the best of all elements of play. So prior to Tony's, I was with Lego and just learning about the, the play patterns that kids undergo, especially at these young ages of two, three, four, five, where it's not just about, um, you know, the, the content experience, but it's also about the tactile play. It's a collectible figure. And then you do have the motions of interacting with the Tony box itself. So there really is a lot to be offered even outside of the content that is played uh, because it, it is a toy and it is something that can be collected and really treasured. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we, we said in the, in the introduction um, is Tony's is looking at partnering with uh, U.S. schools and museums a little, uh, you know, about bringing about screen-free education. Um, can you talk about that and what these partnerships might look like? Sure. Uh, yeah, so we have two different initiatives, uh, one for schools and one for museums. The one for schools is called Tony's for Teachers. So we just started this last fall. It's been running for about three months, and we've already gotten up to several hundred uh, classrooms that are implementing this. So our goal is to get Tony boxes into the classroom. We find that it's great for all of the reasons mentioned to play the songs and stories. It's also great for after school care because it is an independent play experience that doesn't require supervision. But the second reason that it's really uh, integral for classrooms is because it's a classroom management tool. So it's not just about the stories, but the teacher can actually use the Creative Tonys to pre-record instructions and lesson plans so that when he or she wants to divide the room into circle time or centers or stations, instead of repeating you know, instructions of what each station is going to do, they can say, go into the corner and put the Creative Tony on the Tony box and it will take you through your next 20 minute lesson. So this is helping classrooms run more easily and efficiently. It's helping set proper expectations with children so that they know what their task is. And that really helps their behavior so they're not bored and poking their neighbor. That's Tony's for teachers. Uh, I would love to talk uh, to any teachers who are interested in uh, learning more. Uh, we can uh, get to some of the, the uh, how to contact later. Uh, but I also wanna tell you about Tony's for Museums, which is a similar initiative, but essentially we're just donating Tony boxes to children's museums and science centers across the country. And, and at this point, it's really kind of simple. We're only asking that they that they put it into the hands of kids. We want to get this experience into as many hands as possible. Uh, in the future, I do think that there is more potential to partner with museums, particularly with exhibit integration. So the Tony Box is a great way to deliver any type of content. So if you have an exhibit where you're going through to different stations, you know, the Creative Tony can be a vessel to deliver any type of content, uh, you know, be it volcanoes or dinosaurs or space or what have you. I love it. This is awesome. Yeah, it, and uh, since we just left off talking about museums, let's, we'll start there. I mean, just the, I could see that as a concept in the museum that would really, I mean, just there's so many different ways that that uh, would uh, keep a kid in interacting with what's going on in the building. Because, you know, too often we mean well as parents, but, you know, you bring them in and, you know, I'm somebody who reads signs. So my kids are going, yeah, dad, you know, we're going to move on. You know, <laughs> look over there. They're, they're 
400 feet away from me now. <laughs> you know, so. a- absolutely. And, you know, I love museums. My kids love museums, but it is very text heavy, I will say. And, you know, the Tony box is such that, you know, it's mobile. You can have a, a child hold it as they walk through uh, an exhibit. Uh, it's got a headphone jack, so you can put it, uh, put headphones on it. So it's not going to disrupt the other guests. It's really an ideal listening experience for any type of exhibit integration. Very cool. Love it. And, and getting back to the classroom. Oh my gosh, I could uh, just simply running with the idea of it helping a teacher with stations. That's cool. It's almost like a little mission impossible. You know, you have the, they, they go to the box and it uh, says, uh, good evening, Mr. Phelps, if you decide to accept this mission. <laughs> you know? That's right. You know, it's an extension of the teacher. And if a teacher really wants to um, make the classroom efficient, you go through a cycle with all of your lesson plans and then Next year, the year after that, year after that, you have everything automated and ready to go so that you're not having to redo all that work. So it's a very efficient use of a teacher's time. I love that. That's that. Well, because that's, that's going to take away all that uh, giving the instructions and also make it fun getting the instructions. So Exactly. <laughs> so what's the Tony going to say to me today? You know, so uh, good stuff. And, and the more creative teachers are definitely going to name those guys so, or, or ladies, whatever, <laughs> the creatures. That's right. Yeah, let's give them a persona. Exactly. I like that. So good stuff. Uh, this is awesome. I mean, and, and I got to go back to, I was going to ask what's unique. Well, we got, we're getting through all of that. This is, <laughs> this is cool stuff. Uh, the, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I just think is exciting about all of this is that it, it is focused on trying to figure out how to keep, how to, you know, let's get a, a little less screen time. And I just wondered if, if you just kind of wanted to, to make a, another comment about that just a little bit, you know, cause it, it really fits well in that, uh, you know, cause there is not a screen here. They're yeah. listening and learn using and holding and. Playing. Sure. Um, you know, I think screens, and this is obviously a, a big conversation, right? This, the proliferation of screens, uh, not just in kids, but adults is it's ubiquitous and we're glued to our phones and we're glued to our, our TVs and computers and, and Part of that um, is just the way that our society runs. And, and I'm, again, I'm not here to say that, you know, we should all turn them off. There's a time and a place for them. But what they do is they give us a passive experience. They show us exactly what we need to see. Sometimes we need to turn that off and we need to calm our mind and we need to calm uh, our surroundings to slow down and think about what the next thing is. What's the next one thing that I need to work on? You know, if it's a child, what's the problem at hand? What do I need to try to solve? Whether it's creating a story and deciding, you know, what the obstacle is of the story that I need to overcome. Or if it's, you know, how do I fit in at school? How do I, you know, really excel at piano or sports or whatever it is that I'm into? And so I think in a lot of ways, screens really uh, distract us from focusing on self-improvement and self-creation. Um, and, and I think that that's one reason why I'm so passionate about providing a tool that takes us away from screens for a time. I understand it. And I, it's a cool passion to have because, you know, when you, when you watch adults almost walk into each other and there's no, you know, it's kind of like a out of an old movie, an old Mel Brooks movie or something like this, where in the middle of the desert, two people run into each other, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the screens are so distracting and stuff. And it's, it's neat to see kids playing with something other than that. And, and it's so cool. I, Drew, as we're getting ready, close to finishing, if someone wanted to connect further with you or learn more about Tony's, where would you send them? 
Sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, we could take this in a couple of ways. Uh, for anyone interested in the brand, uh, we have a, a great website at Tony's.com. You can learn more about it and the specific Tony's that we offer. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Tony's.us. For anyone particularly interested in contacting me or learning more about Tony's for Teachers or Tony's for Museums, uh, you can email me at drew.vernon at tonys.com. And uh, I also want to plug our community group. So one thing that's really important for me in growing Tony's and, and bringing this experience to people is fostering a community. And, and when I say community, I mean, you know, people who aren't me uh, and people who aren't the, the company. Uh, because it's important for us to share ideas and to really show the possibilities of Tony's. And so I would encourage anybody to follow Tony Box USA uh, on Facebook. Uh, again, this is something that's not uh, associated with the company, but uh, it's a, a group of fans. Very cool. And, I, you know, and by the way, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes. So they'll be there for anybody listening right now. And, and uh, th so they can go find those easily uh, in case they're, you know, like riding their bike, working out or whatever right now. And they, <laughs> they'll be nice and easy for them to find. Uh, I got to ask this real quick. So has the company thought about adults really liking Tony's and making them collectibles? <laughs> I mean, suddenly they've got a lot of adults finding out different ways of using them. Has seen anything like that? Sure. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you, we, we've got a small but really brilliant team. Uh, I'm so fortunate to work with the people that I do because we have no limit to our ideas. Uh, we have no limit to where Tony's can go over the next, you know, two to three to 10 years. Uh, the hard thing for us is to prioritize and, and what we do next. But the, the shorter answer to question is there's absolutely a room and appeal for Tony's uh, at all ages uh, from a content side, collectability side, uh, also as a, a content platform. Uh, you know, if we can help, you know, find and discover uh, amazing artists, uh, you know, authors, writers, um, and, and bring their stories to life uh, through the Tony Box. That's something that we'll definitely be getting into in the coming years. Very cool. Very cool. So I had, I had just bring that up. It's like, <laughs> it's, the more we talk, the more I kept thinking about, it. yeah, you know, and, I, I'm, and by the way, I'm putting in my call for, you know, they got Woody, they got to have buzz, man. They got to have buzz. So, <laughs> see, um, and at least you got one of my favorites. You got Baloo. So we're good. Baloo from the Jungle Book. So sure, sure. Good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Drew, I got two last questions that aren't attached to any of this and just uh, questions I like to ask my guests. And here's the first one. When things get difficult or there are too many issues all coming at once and you want to quit, how do you overcome those feelings and keep going? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a million dollar question, right? Um, uh, and I think it probably borders on uh, what we've already discussed with just being uh, engaged and occupied at all hours of the day from the time that we wake up to the time we go to bed. I think there's a lot of pressure on people at all levels. I, I think everybody kind of reports to somebody. Everybody has a boss, whether it's your parent or your teacher or, you know, your boss at work. We're all trying to prove uh, that we're, you know, doing a good job. And, and sometimes doing a good job, it requires relentless prioritization and slowing down to make sure that thing, the things that you agree to do are done well and done appropriately. And that may come at the expense of quantity. Very cool. Thank you. And last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Uh, I like this question. It really uh, 
makes me think back to uh, you know my upbringing and and uh, my high school years. And the uh, the person that came to mind uh, in response to this question is a man by the name of Troy Bowling. And I took his World Civ class as a sophomore. And on the first day of class, he wrote up on the board. Um, every action you take is a decision you make. And he said, if we repeated that phrase back to him on the last day of class, that he would give us extra credit. And it's something, you know, my personality is such that, you know, if, if I get an incentive, I'll make a note and I'll come back to it. And sure enough, I came back to it the last day of class. Uh, I'm not sure if I needed the extra credit, but um, it really stuck with me throughout the year. And, and now 20 years later, it has stuck with me and, and it's really become one of my core beliefs. And so that's just the, the idea of accountability and uh, the fact that our choices mean something and um, the choices that we make are, are decisions that we have to live with. Well, Drew, thank you so much for talking with me today. And before we go, I think you've got a special, uh, a special uh, possibility gift for uh, our listeners they have a chance to, to get. Uh, yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm really interested to hear from some of your listeners. So if you want to go ahead and reach out to me, I will put you into a giveaway that we're doing. And I'll have you, Steve, uh, choose a winner at random of those who uh, participate. Awesome. And so you want to give that uh, where they send their interest to? Uh, yeah, drew.vernon at tonys.com. Oh, so cool. So uh, everybody, make sure that you reach out to Drew and then uh, we'll randomly choose the, uh, the person who will receive that, uh, that Tony box, which is very cool and those characters. Thanks for doing that, Drew. That's, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I got to tell you, I love the emphasis from Tony's on using imagination through stories and no screens. And you have this fantastic focus on innovation and, and looking at what can be. Uh, wishing you the best at all you do. I appreciate that, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts, Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.